Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 5 of Revelation chapter 13, and we're going to be reading verses 2 and 3. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Well, in our last study we were looking in verse 2, and we saw that the beast which the Apostle John saw in the vision that God was giving him looked like a leopard or was like unto a leopard and had the feet of a bear and his mouth as a lion. And we saw how that related to Daniel 7 as um, God pictures Satan as a lion, a bear, and a leopard coming against the New Testament churches and congregations. Well, then at the end of verse 2, it said, And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, this language of the dragon giving him power, seat, and authority makes it sound as if the dragon, Satan, has all these things within himself and, and, and he could grant them uh, according to his own will. But, uh, we know that the dragon would have no power or seat or authority without God first giving it to him. And it was God's determinate decision to loose Satan and to uh, allow Satan to come against the camp of the saints at the time of the end. And even though that's not stated here, we know that's the case. We know that God is the one behind all these things. Now, within um, the the kingdom of darkness, within Satan's kingdom, this language is being used of the dragon giving the beast power and and his seat and great authority. And yet, the dragon is Satan, the beast is Satan. It it's um, all really referring to the same thing. Maybe looking at different aspects of Satan's rule during the Great Tribulation period. Now, the first word that's used here is power, and it's the Greek word dunamis. Uh, we find in Revelation chapter 17, and in verse 13, after describing the beast, it says, These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So I'm sorry, that that was speaking of the ten horns. Will give their power and strength unto the beast. It's describing the mindset of the devil. He is in agreement with with himself to seek these things, to um, have this rule, this power. He's always desired it, and now he's finally uh, able to achieve it at the time of the end. 
And then it says, the dragon gave him his power and his seat. And the Greek word translated seat is Strong's number 2362. It's the Greek word we would pronounce as thronos. Thronos, and you can hear the word throne. Uh, and it is a word that's translated as throne uh, times. It's the same word that we find in Revelation 2. In verse 13, I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast my name. Now this is one of the addresses to uh, the seven churches, the, the church in Pergamos, and Satan had a seat in Pergamos. He was ruling in the church, and, and Satan was able to rule in certain congregations, even in certain denominations. During the church age, it's only at the end of the church age he's given complete rule over all churches, all denominations that are in the world. And also the word seat is found in Revelation 16. In verse 10, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast and his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues for pain and revelation 16 is describing the outpouring of the seven last vials full of the seven last plagues it's describing judgment day and and so it's very significant that the fifth messenger poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast where would the seed of the beast be? Well, Revelation 13 is telling us that the beast came up out of the sea. The dragon gave him his power and his seat. And that seat would be uh, ruling in the churches and congregations of the world. Remember what we read in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It says in Second Thessalonians 2, beginning in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. There's the seat of the beast. It's at the time of the judgment on the church, the time of the end, when there's a falling away, an apostasy has overcome the churches of the world, and the man of sin, that's another name for Satan, has taken his seat in the temple of God, which can only be the church, showing himself that he is God, what Satan has always wanted to be like God. He's always wanted to uh, have the power and, and to be worshipped like God. And and now at the end, uh, he's loosed by God. Uh, and as he is loosed, he comes and and takes his seat in the temple, showing himself that he is God. Of course, he's not. He's... Uh, just a created angel 
that has rebelled against God, but God has given him power and and his seat and the dragon gives it to him here, but God's the one that gave the dragon the, these things. And finally it says in great authority. And Satan had all these things like never before once he was loosed. He, he was always the ruler of this world. He had won the victory over man in the Garden of Eden. And the seven heads revealed that he had rule throughout the history of the world over mankind. Yet, yet at the end, his power and seat and great authority was increased like never before. Okay, let's move on to verse uh, 3 of Revelation 13. And it says, And I saw one of his heads as were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. John is given a vision of one of the heads of the beast as though it were wounded to death and this deadly wound was healed. Now, back in verse uh, 1 of Revelation 13, the beast had seven heads and ten horns. Why is it singular? Why, in verse 3, does it say, I saw one of his heads, not all seven. All seven are not said to have a deadly wound, just one out of the seven. Well, the reason for that, uh, I think we can find in Revelation 17. In verse 10, it says, And there are seven kings. That would be the seven heads. Uh, the kings rule over kingdoms. And five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come, and when he cometh, he must continue a short space. So, uh, leading up to the cross, or the time of the Old Testament, God pictures Satan as though he had five periods of rule. Five kingdoms. Five kings are fallen because that time has passed. One is, this is Satan's rule at the time Christ went to the cross, and it was at that point that when Jesus went to the cross, that that he overcame Satan. Satan was bound uh, when Jesus went to the cross, cast into the bottomless pit in a figure. That pit was sealed for a thousand years, a figurative period of time representing the entire New Testament church age. And 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 so that's the head. That one head is as though it were killed. It has suffered a deadly wound. There's still another head. It says, one is and the other is not yet come. And that's the final rule of Satan, when the beast comes up out of the sea, when he's loosed, and as Gog and Magog, he comes against the camp of the saints. That rule, the head's fine. The five previous heads or kings are fine. It's only one period of rule from the cross till the end of the church age when God bound Satan to accomplish the purpose of evangelizing the world through the churches and congregations of getting the Bible into all the nations of the world, saving uh, a good number of people, many more than in the Old Testament. 
And, and this was as though Satan uh, had experienced a death blow. Now, in Psalm 68, in Psalm 68, I think we have a tie-in to what God is saying about one of his heads was wounded to death. In Psalm 68, verse 21, But God shall wound the head of his enemies, and the hairy scalp of such a one as goeth on still in his trespasses. God shall wound the head of his enemies. Satan is the head of the enemies of the kingdom of God. He is the ruler over the kingdom of darkness, and God did wound his head. It it also reminds us of that promise given long ago in the Garden of Eden. In uh, Genesis 3, verse 13, And Jehovah God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And Jehovah God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. There again, the head of the serpent is said to be bruised by the seed of the woman, and that seed is Christ. And Christ wounded to death Satan at the cross. Uh, you know, um, as Psalm sixty-eight twenty-one says, God shall wound the head, singular of his enemies. We, we have to remember what we read in Psalm 74, in verses 13 and 14 a while back. It says, Psalm 74, verse 13, Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Here, the heads are plural. And that tells us when we read that God is breaking the heads of the dragon or the heads of Leviathan in pieces, that it is the final judgment day. It's the judgment at the end of the world because God speaks of only the head singular when when Christ defeated Satan at the cross. But Satan has seven heads, or is pictured as having seven heads and ten horns, and all the heads are finally defeated once God brings judgment day on the world, which he did when judgment began, May 21, 2011, and Satan was put down, he was deposed from all rule. And that's what the heads of the dragon point to, his rule, his reigning over the kingdom of men, the unsaved people of the earth, because he won that right by conquest in the Garden of Eden, and yet now God has won it back where the Lord Jesus now reigns over everything that Satan previously reigned over, all the kingdoms of this earth. And and Christ is reigning with a rod of iron, true, but he's still reigning in the day of judgment 
because Satan's heads have been broken in pieces. They've, they've all been destroyed. There are no more heads. There, remember, five had already fallen at the time of the cross. One was to represent the New Testament church age, and one was to come. And that's what we're reading about in Revelation 13. It is that final period of rule that that God gave to Satan, the greatest um, extension of his rule. It, it would occur with the Great Tribulation, the period of judging the churches and and Satan would rule like never before in the earth and, and in the church, yet it would be his final rule. It's the last head that he was uh, to take his seat and to rule over the unsaved people of the earth. Okay, let's let's look at Matthew 12, because we've made reference to this many times that that um, Jesus bound Satan at the cross and in Matthew 12 tells us why that is in, in Matthew 12 verse 25 I'll start reading there it says and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand and if Satan cast out Satan he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods? except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. And and that's what Christ did before sending forth the gospel into the world, carried by um, the messengers of God, the true believers, and before saving 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, as Peter preached one message, one sermon, and before many other thousands will be saved all over the world. The Gentiles would hear the gospel and become saved. The the word of God would take root and be established in uh, every nation of the world. And and, uh, in doing so, God would begin to plunder the strong man's house, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, because all men were held in bondage to sin, in spiritual darkness. And and so before God could accomplish that, he first, this is the principle, the Bible sets forth, he first had to bind the strong man. And so he did, and, and that's how we know this took place at the cross. As it says in Revelation 20, in verse 1, And I saw an angel or a messenger come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more 
till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. Everything fits together. Everything harmonizes well. Uh, as uh, you know, it's amazing as we're reading Revelation 13 about this beast coming up out of the sea and the seven heads and ten crowns and and uh, the beast is likened to a lion, a bear, a leopard. And we're we're reading this and we understand it perfectly. Well, maybe uh, we we can improve our understanding on a point or two, but it, it's uh, it's it's incredible how how much and to what degree God has opened up His Word that we can read these things that have confounded theologians for centuries, and, and they had no idea. You, you can read commentaries of some of the most faithful men in the past. They had no idea what God is talking about, and yet we read it uh, due to our um, vantage point of living through the Great Tribulation and now living in the in the time after the Great Tribulation in the Day of Judgment. And we see how everything fits together hand in glove very well perfectly and and um, as Mr. Camping used to say often it's like reading the newspaper we see just exactly uh, what God is saying and and how it fits together with Jeremiah and Daniel and and other scriptures uh, to reveal what God did in judging the church through the loosing of Satan and and also in bringing about and preparation uh, preparing the world for the final judgment which we have entered into at this point and 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 so as we read I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death we we understand what the seven heads represent we we understand why one of the heads was wounded to death and also, it goes on to say, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And we read that, and by God's grace, through his opening of our understanding, we understand that perfectly. We, we can read this with the ability to comprehend, and, and, and it's made easy for us, actually. Which is incredible that, that God has made these things easy for his people to see and discern. A wise man's heart discerneth time and judgment. The, the wise will understand, but none of the wicked will understand. We see how the, the man of sin is Satan. The beast is Satan. The dragon is Satan. And, and just how all these things work together and when when God speaks of the deadly wound and literally um, this would be translated his wound of death and the word death is here in the Greek and it's the same word that we find in Romans 6.23 for the wages of sin is death it, it was a wound of death that Christ struck Satan with he smote him at the cross, and what happened? 
he was placed in a bottomless pit. That bottomless pit signified death. It signified hell. Um, in Second Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter 2, verse 4, it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. That's Satan, that's the fallen angels, the demons. They were all cast down to hell. They were judged by God at the cross. There was no provision made for any of the fallen angels, and the Lord Jesus' demonstration as he lived out the tableau showing forth what he had done from the foundation of the world in dying for his people, dying for men, human beings, and not dying for any angels, this sealed the fate of all of the fallen angels. They had no way of having their sins forgiven, and and so they were cast down into hell. Uh, Hell and the grave are synonymous they were killed in that sense. They, they uh, could not possibly be saved. They, it was a guaranteed of their final um, destruction, of their annihilation at the end, and that is death to them. And, and so that was the deadly wound that Christ uh, struck uh, that blow at the cross, and that wound was healed in the sense that Satan was loosed. Remember, it was that one king, that one head, that one period of rule for the 1955 years that experienced this death blow. But there was another head to come, one still to come for the little season of the Great Tribulation. And and he came forth with power and strength and, and a seat was given him and great authority it was as though nothing had happened. It was as though nothing had changed. As a matter of fact, his power and authority and his seat, his throne, was greater than previously before he experienced the death blow. And and certainly we can see why it would be that all the world wondered after the beast. Well, Lord willing, in our next study, we'll take a look at this wonderment that uh, the world is astonished as it witnesses these things, and we'll see how God uses this word elsewhere in the Bible. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.